if you're not already ready, then the war has already begun. If you refuse to give up your footing in peace, you will win. The enemy will finally give up and he will turn and run and leave. There's gonna be persecution. There's gonna be warring against us. There's gonna be all kind of things that gonna come our way. Things are not gonna turn out exactly like we want them to turn out. And God said, but I'm giving you a peace that supersedes any of that stuff. In today's message, Pastor Eddie Mason discusses what it means to be all that you can be in God's army. Be all you can be. It's an, inspired, it's an inspired slogan, and it was used to recruit a, a, a lot of young men to come into the, in the Army. And the idea here was that given, given this, the opportunity and the training that you could fulfill potential, that, that's what that means, is you could fulfill all of your potential. And so it declares that a person can do what they were created to do if they get the right training and if they get the, the right opportunity. The only problem was that it, regardless of the opportunity and regardless, regardless of the excellence of the training, it didn't always fulfill purpose. Now, it wasn't in the Army, but it didn't fulfill total purpose. Now, we're thankful. How many of you are thankful for the, for the men and women that have served this country? Amen, me too. I am so excited, and I appreciate so much what they did and what they are doing right now. But unless that's your calling, you're not going to fulfill your total purpose. And the scripture says there are some men and some women that are called to that. And so they will find their fulfilling and their, and their destiny in that. So this idea of be all you can be, though, if we, if we switch it over to the kingdom. Okay, let, let's bring it over into the kingdom and say in the kingdom be all that you can be. Now you have a whole different scenario because now you have not only, not only do you have the opportunity not only can you get the training, but you also have the direction of the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you into what you were created for so that you can fulfill purpose and you can fulfill destiny. All right, so, so I'm, just call, I'm just telling you, we need to move into this idea. We, we are gonna be challenged in every area of our life. How many realize you're gonna be challenged in the Christian walk? Living a Christian life is a challenge. Anybody told you any different, they didn't tell you the truth. It says that I, I'm going to come into this place with God and he's going to transform me into the person I'm supposed to be. And all of that sounds wonderful and all that sounds good. And when you first get saved, man, you go outside and you look around and the air's a little fresher and the, and the sun's a little brighter and the trees are a little greener. But the problem is, is after you've been in for it for a while, life begins to smack you back in the face and you begin to believe that God isn't all he said he was. First lie. Turn to your neighbor and say, the devil is a liar. Say it again, the devil is a liar. God is not all that he, that he says he is, he's more. He's more. And if you choose to believe the lie, then you will walk down the path of lies rather than the path of truth. And so we want to grab hold of this idea that we will be who we're supposed to be. God states the fact that life in Jesus Christ will develop you as a person spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. God affirms that nothing can develop you as a person as can living in Christ. Why is that? Because he's the one, he's the manufacturer. You think the creator knows everything? How many of y'all ever tried to work some of that uh, window stuff? 
How many, man, I'm telling you, that's some cool stuff. But for weeks and months and years, there's always something else flipping up on there that you don't know about. And the programmers have hidden stuff in there that we'll be uncovering forever and ever and ever. It's just, it's just always something new. And sometimes it just screws you up too, I want you to know. And, and so we, we look at this stuff. Well, that's the same thing with God. God has put potential in you that has not yet been tapped. But he knows it's there. And he has a plan to tap every bit of the potential that you will surrender to him. And let me say that one more time. God has a plan to tap every bit of the potential that you will surrender to him. But it comes out of a surrendered life. It doesn't come out of us trying to do what we think is right and, and, and listening to our own selves and what we're doing. It says we must understand, I'm going to tell you this, we must understand that the Christian walk, you'll be in a constant battle. And what that battle is, is God is trying to bring you into destiny and the enemy is trying to bring you into destruction. Let me say that one more time. God is bringing you into destiny and the enemy is trying to bring you into destruction. Guess which side the flesh is on? The flesh is on the side of the enemy and the spirit is on the side of the Holy Spirit on the side of God. And so when our spirit connects with his spirit, then there's this pull. As long as you allow the flesh to rule over the spirit, you will go into destruction and not into destiny. The very minute you learn how to cause your spirit to rule over your flesh, you will begin to walk in fulfillment. Am I making sense to you? Okay, so there's a battle that's going on. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're not going into a war, we're already in one. And I think that's part of the problem in life is we don't realize that we're in a, in a, in a, uh, in a war. But the, the Lord tells us in 2 uh, Timothy 3.12, he said, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Oh, my. Let, let me read that, too. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Might be, could be, should be. That's not what he said, is it? He said, you will be persecuted. Okay, and while evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. And, and what does this mean? It means that they think that they have the answers to life. And the more they think they have the answers to life, the more they're going to want to pull you into the world that they have. I had a, I, I had a good friend, uh, Sue and I did. He'd been involved in homosexuality. And we got to minister to him, and the Lord began to lead him out of that lifestyle. And he was coming out of that lifestyle. Man, we began to minister and minister to him. And I laid hands on him one day. And when I laid hands on him to pray for him, immediately I saw a vision of him. And when I saw this vision of him, I was up on, or he was up on like a catwalk. Y'all know what a catwalk is? It, it's a, it's a, like a bridge that runs over the top of people. And all these people were down below him. And most of these people looked very emaciated, and they were, they were pulling at him. And when I finished, it, it frightened me. When I finished seeing what I, was saw, what I was seeing, it frightened me a little bit. And I pulled back and I said, oh my, I'm glad I don't have your ministry. I said, because your ministry is going to be so, so draining because people are going to come to you and they're going to want to draw from you and they're going to want to draw more from you and you're going to have to pour out and it's going to be kind of a never-ending process. Well, it wasn't but about five or six years later I had heard he'd gone back into the lifestyle. 
and I had misunderstood the vision that God had given me. And what I didn't realize was that the people that I saw reaching out to him were trying to pull him back into the lifestyle. They weren't trying to get out of the lifestyle. They wanted him back in the world that they were in. And they succeeded for a little while. Oh, you missed a good chance to shout, for a little while. You see, this man was miraculously saved. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. And even though he had entered into this, into this lifestyle, God was still there and God was still speaking to him. And God told him one day, he said, if you don't turn away, I'm not going to speak to you again. Now, it may not be real to you, but I'm going to tell you how real it was to him. He didn't go back home. He didn't get his possessions. He never, ever went back in the lifestyle. And he now has two children that have graduated from high school. Come on, give God praise. He, he is happily married, and God is glorified. But what, what the, I told you that story to tell you that the world does not like losing its people. They will continually, continually pull at you to pull you back in to what they're doing because they want what they have to be justified by you. Why do you think everybody right now is so upset with Christians? See, it, it's not enough. It's not enough just to, to go along to get along. Oh, no, you have to endorse their sin in order to be accepted. And if you don't endorse your, their sin, then you will be ridiculed, you will be persecuted, you will be, you will be called backwards, you will be called a dumb hick, you will be called names on and on and on and on and on again. And, and so, you know, what I'm telling you is, get ready, if you're not already ready, the, the war has already begun and it's just gonna get worse and worse and worse. Aren't you excited you came? Well, let me tell you what that means. You know what happens when darkness starts getting darker and darker and darker? Light starts getting brighter and brighter and brighter. And so the light of Jesus is going to shine through you like it never has before. The contrast between who you are and who darkness is will get greater and greater and greater, and there will not be any question whose side you are on. You will have to choose a side. Oh, come on, give God praise. You need to choose a side. Turn to your neighbor and say, I choose Jesus. Hallelujah. That's the side that we want to be on. He said they will deceive each other trying to deceive you. But he said you will be persecuted. But now God tells us how to fight, but he tells us how to fight from a different place than you would think. I can remember I never got in many fights. My daddy pushed me into the first one that I ever got into. And I got beat up. He pushed me into the second one I got into. And I got tickled. You know it's not good when you're fighting somebody and you take a swing at them and then they get mad at you. And all I could do was hold on for dear life because I wasn't mad anymore. Well, I got tickled. But the other time, well, I got angry. And you know what I realized was, I realized that when I got angry, that my anger made me stronger and that I could probably fight. And so from that point forward, I realized that if I could fight out of a place of anger, I wouldn't have to worry about getting tickled, that I could, I'd be stronger in my fight. And so the world's way of fighting comes out of anger. That's the way the world wants you to fight. But that's not 
what the Lord says. Rhonda called me the other day and said, when are you going to teach about the, uh, the full armor of God? And I said, well, it's very interesting because that was, the, that was the theme of our weekend. I don't plan to teach on the full armor of God. But in that teaching, there was something that just kept grabbing hold of me and I couldn't let go of. And it comes out of Ephesians 6.15. And he's talking about the armor and he says, as for shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Mm. Look what he says here. He says, I want you to resist, not from a place of anger. I don't want you to be angry with the enemy. I don't want you to be angry with people. I want you to be in a perfect place of peace, and I want you to resist them from that place of peace. Now, how many of you besides me will operate from that place, as he says it facetiously? <laughs> that place of peace is where we want to operate from. And so we want to learn how to fight from a place where our feet are, sh are shod with the gospel of peace with an understanding that it doesn't matter what happens right then and there. The battle is ultimately the Lord's, and out of the Lord's battle, victory will always come. Turn to your neighbor and say, he is always victorious. And so he says to resist from a place of peace, he also tells us that we must be ready to stand and to fight. He tells me, he said, having done all to stand, stand. Stand. I told you, I got in a fight one time, it was with my brother. And I hit him in the jaw, and right when I got ready to hit him, I pulled the punch. I just couldn't hit him wide open. But it made him mad. And I got tickled. And all I could do was grab hold of him and hold on. We knocked over desks. We knocked over chairs. We knocked over everything. And what I did, I was like, finally, I held on long enough, he wore himself out. And when he wore himself out, he didn't want to fight any longer. And so I wasn't angry. I, I, I was at a place, it wasn't a, I didn't think it was a good place, but it turned out to be a good place because neither one of us got hurt. Neither one of us got hurt. Now his jaw was sore for a few days, but, but other than that, there, there, nobody got hurt. And, and so what I'm telling you is sometimes there is a wrestling match that goes on, but I'm going to tell you, if you don't give up your, your footing, if you refuse to give up your footing in peace, you will win. The enemy will finally give up and he will turn and run and leave. Eddie, that's excellent preaching. Thank you very much. <laughs> we don't like to stand. We like to fight. We like to get angry. We like to turn away evil with evil. We like to turn away persecution with wrath. And God said, no, 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 no. You'll screw it all up. He said, when you get persecuted, pray for them. He said, if they, get, if they, go, if they go deeper, get them saved. I, I got to tell you all this. I, I've told this story before, but, you know, he talks about praying for people, and he said, there, by praying for them, you heap you heap coals upon their head, burning coals of fire. I always thought that was the coolest thing in the world. And so I'd pray for them. I'd say, Lord, 
You know that idiot. I, I mean that friend of mine. Lord, you know, and I just ask you to bless him, even though he did do me wrong, even though he's a cheat and a liar. Lord, I just bless him. And then I would get through and I'd feel good because I could see those coals of fire and his head catching on fire and burning up. I could see him being tormented in those head. I'm serious. I'm just telling you how I saw that thing. I don't look at me so holy. Y'all y'all don't y'all don't y'all don't want to hurt them too. But anyway. Then it got explained to me what that meant was that's what people would do when their fire went out. They'd put a pan on top of their head and they'd go around and they'd get coals of fire and then they'd take those coals of fire and restart the fire in their home. And so he was talking about, he said, bless them and thereby stir up the passion and the fire that's within them. Well, when I found that out, I quit praying for them. I'm just teasing you. I really, I really didn't. But he said, I want you to bless them. I want you to win them into Christ. You know something? If we take those people that we're angry with and we win them to Christ, if we bring them into that place to where that they're submitted to the Lord, we have now have found a brother or a sister in the Lord. We now have a companion against who will stand with us against the whales of the enemy, and we're no longer in a fight. We are united in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen? And so he's called us into this place. In Philippians 4, 6, he said, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will God guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ, or in Christ Jesus. He said, I'm going to give you a peace that people will not understand. Listen. If you act like the world, they understand it. It's when you're able to stay at rest when everybody else is in torture and torment, when you're at peace within yourself and you realize where this peace comes from, that it's not your peace, it's the peace that comes from God. He said, tell God everything. Tell God everything. One of the ministers down there was talking and he said, I'm just going to tell you if you're mad at God, tell God you, if you're mad at him and forgive him. And you could tell that really rubs some people's theology all upside down and all wrong. Well, I couldn't do that. Number one, God knows if you're mad at him. And number two, you've got to forgive him because you're holding a grudge against him. He's not holding anything against you. He's not angry with you. He's not frustrated with you. But you're frustrated with God, and so you've got to release God from that so that you can be released from it. Get back to that place of peace. When things don't go our way, we start to get angry. When things, when things are just not lining up the way they ought to line up, we get real upset. But he said, I'm going to give you a peace that passes all understanding. I watched my daddy... After he lost my mama, I watched him grieve, and I watched him grieve, and we went to a meeting, and, and uh, Rodney Howard Brown prayed over him. And when, when, when he prayed over him, it's like somebody took a fist and punched him in the gut. And he went, ah! You could hear him. 2,000 people in the room, you could hear him over all of them. But he didn't hit him. He just prayed for him. Daddy stood back up. Rodney went to lay hands on him again. He went, ah! And he fell on the floor. 
And when he got up, all the grief was gone. All the grief was gone. Some of you watched Joni after Jess passed. You watched what should have been natural grieving, and the Lord kept her at perfect peace. We watched Teresa White. She stayed in perfect peace. That's not natural. That's peace that passes understanding. And the only place that can come from is the Holy Spirit of God dwelling in you. Look what Jesus said in John 14, 27. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. One of the things that I said was you're going to have to fight from a place of peace. You're going to have to resist the enemy from a place of knowing that you're at perfect rest and perfect peace and you're satisfied with the outcome and that God has things in control. If you can't come to the place where you can fight from peace, you will be defeated. Let me tell you that again. You will be defeated because you'll wind up following after the enemy and the deception of the enemy. You will not be following after what God has desired for you. And so we have to grab hold of this idea that we're going to have peace. There's going to be persecution. There's going to be warring against us. There's going to be all kind of things that go come our way. Things are not going to turn out exactly like we want them to turn out. And God said, but I'm giving you a peace that supersedes any of that stuff. Woo. Now let me tell you what the world wants. What the world wants. He said, it's not like the world. He said, but what the world wants, he said, it's a peace that, that, that's, let me see if I can find it. What the world means is they want peace that is at tranquility, prosperity, rest, and the absence of agitation or discord. Well, that sounds pretty good. Tranquility, prosperity, rest, the absence of agitation or discord. Mm. Let me let you on a little secret. That is not what God has promised. He said, I'm going to give you peace not like the world. He just said, if you try to live godly, you're going to suffer persecution. He said, think it not strange when the fiery darts of the enemy come to you. He said, in this world you shall have tribulation. You want me to just keep going? Let me, just, let me just keep on and on and on and on and on. Come on, get the picture. Get the picture. But the Lord says that while, while the enemy rages, you're sitting over here. And, I got this. No, it didn't come out like I wanted it to. No, I'm not happy with where I am. I want to move forward in Christ. But I'm standing and I'm not moving. Why? Because I'm standing in the blood covenant of Jesus Christ. He went to Calvary's cross and he shed blood on that cross for me. And if I'm willing to walk back on my peace, then I'm willing to walk back on my salvation. If Christ didn't bring me into peace, then he's not going to bring me into a heavenly born-again experience. You see, the same faith it takes to get saved is the same faith it takes to get filled with the Holy Spirit is the same faith it takes to walk in peace and to know that God has everything under control. 
We sing, we trust Him, we trust Him, we trust Him. The problem is, is we say we trust Him, but when things don't go our way, do we really, really trust Him? When the bank account gets empty, do we really, really trust Him? When people start making fun of us and saying all manner of evil against us, do we really, really trust Him? You see, the only way that you can, you can come into this place of peace and rest is to understand that you're blessed. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're blessed. Daddy many times on, on, on Sunday mornings will quote the high priestly blessing that comes out of number 6. And in number 6, 26 it says, Aaron said over the people, The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. How many of you believe that the prayer that Aaron prayed has been answered by God? Amen. The Prince of Peace Himself came and He delivered peace to each one of us. It is a gift. Tell your neighbor, it's a gift. Peace is a gift. It's not something that's earned. It's not something that can be obtained. It's something that has to be received from God Himself. And so God says, I've given you peace not like the world because you're going to be persecuted. How could He say that there was peace like the world and they were fixing to beat Him to death and hang Him on a tree? That's not the world's kind of peace. But Jesus said, I'm going to be at peace because I'm here to do the work of my Father. Let me just carry this on just a little bit further and then I'll close. The only way that you can know that you're at peace is to know that you have value and worth. Turn to somebody and say, you are valuable. You are valuable. Let me tell you something else. Let me tell you the honor that you have. You have the honor of being called to show forth His praise in the earth. And some people say, well, I'm not sure what that means. I'm not sure that that's such a great honor. Excuse me? Have you lost your mind? The God of all creation... The God who hung every star and called it by name and created all the planets that the scientists that are so smart on our earth cannot, cannot figure it all out. Every time they think they can figure it out, they find a new anomaly. They find something else that they don't understand. Well, I want you to know I believe they're going to be finding things for all of eternity that they don't understand because my God is just too sophisticated for a man to unravel everything that he's ever done. But your God says, I have chosen you. I have put my name upon you. I have called you forth that you can show the world what it means. He said, I've not called angels to be my burning ones. I have called you to be my burning ones. I have called you to show forth my light. I have called you as the container, not the crackpot, but the container. <laughs> you you have this treasure. Isn't that what Joni said last week from the scripture? You have this treasure in earthen vessels. You have the Holy Spirit of God and he has given you the privilege of showing forth his praise in the earth. There is no higher honor in all the earth than to be one that gets to praise God in all he's doing. Come on, give God praise right now. Give God praise. You want to be at peace? You realize that when the enemy starts attacking you, you're going, ha, ha, come on, big boy. I was waiting for this moment. I get to praise God in this moment. Come on, throw it your best. I'm going to show you what a praiser is really like. I'm going to release praise like you've never seen before. I might even start dancing. 
Look, I said, you've got to understand you're a representative of the king, that you have a, def a destiny not defined simply in terms of this lifetime. What? Abraham was called forth and he was told that he would have more sons and, and sons and daughters than the grains of sand on the seashore. How I many you know he didn't experience that during his lifetime? How many of you know he's experiencing it now? Amen. Come on. Your destiny carries not just in this life, but it carries over into the life to come. The promises that God's given you, you can give to your children, to your grandchildren, to your great-grandchildren, to your great-great-great-grandchildren yet unborn until Jesus returns. What God has given you is yours to freely give to the next generation. Come on, give God praise again. He needs praise. Why am I going to be shaken up? Because I don't see everything happen the way I want to see it happen. Listen, you may, you may slow me down a little bit, but you can't stop what God's doing. Let me tell you something else that gives you peace. It's just a little secret. Jesus is alive and well. Let me add one more statement to that. Jesus doesn't want to be Lord. Jesus is Lord. Amen? That's how I can stand in peace. Satan, you can rail. You can talk. You can do anything you want to do. You can take that Washington, D.C. and flush it down the commode if you want to for me. I tell you what, I know the king that rules and reigns, and my Jesus is Lord. Come on, y'all fuss and fight like two-year-olds. Act, act like you're out in a schoolyard somewhere. And I'm telling you, my God rules. My God reigns. I'm standing with my God. He's the one that's in charge. My destiny is not going to be established by a man or by a government. My destiny is going to be established by my God, regardless of the government. Daniel was in one of the most perverted, most, most, uh, uh, one of the worst kingdoms that you could have been in under Nebuchadnezzar and I want you to know Daniel flourished and not only did he flourish he made the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob he made him known he went down with, with lions and he shut the mouths of lions he came up and everything that Daniel did brought glory and honor to the most high God they're speaking about Daniel all over the universe I don't care whether you're a believer or not a believer my God raised up the name of Daniel and he honored honored him because he was faithful. Come on. Come on. Corrupt. Go back and read about Nebuchadnezzar. Go back and read about what he did. Doesn't get any more corrupt than that. Keep looking at my watch. I don't know why. I'm not going to stop. You stand in peace because you know that you are His and He is yours. When you receive Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will bring revelation and illumination. He immediately brings about transformation through re regeneration and sanctification. Ooh, isn't that some good words? Let me tell you what that means. God's at work on you. He ain't finished. I was talking about this Friday night, and we talked a little bit about it over the weekend. But you know that scripture that said, God has perfected forever those who are being sanctified? I've been made perfect forever. Unfortunately, God, God's still doing some sanctification work in my life. And, and I wish I was down to fine grit sandpaper. 
but he's still using a hammer and a chisel to knock off the rough edges. You know? And so he's forever transforming me. He's forever making me into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. I like what there was a comedian that we saw while we were down there. I like what he said. He said, can you imagine being the brother of Jesus, James? And Jesus is getting all the glory, right? James is getting no glory. And so he said, he said you know something? He said, I'm going to come out with me something. He said, what does James do? What would James do? What would James do? And he said, you know, he said, I, he said, I, got, it. He said, I got in an automobile. And he said, I was running about 140 miles an hour. And said, they pulled me over, and I cussed the policeman out. And after I finished cussing the policeman out, he said, you and you a Christian, and you got on that thing, WWJD, what would Jesus do? He said, oh, that's what would James do, and you just saw it. Amen? <laughs> Unfortunately, that's what some of us would do, too, all right? He said that he's going to transform us into the image and likeness. You know something? You can tell how much, how much transformation... I hate to say this, but you can tell how much transformation has taken your place in your life by how well you handle a traffic jam. Just think about it. Because of Jesus, because of Jesus, we're no longer in bondage to sin. We're no longer in the captivity of Satan. There's freedom from the fear of hell, wrath, and damnation. There's freedom from guilt and shame. Where he is, there's a spirit of sonship. You know how I can stand in peace? How you can stand in peace? Is every time the enemy comes against us, we go, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. I'm a son of the most high God. And if I'm a son of the most high God, I might not be transformed, but I'm going to act like I'm the son of the most high God. Turn to your neighbor and say, tell them, say, start living up to the family name. There is liberty of access to God with boldness. There is healing of past hurts and wounds. Where he is, there is the power to forgive. When you know these things and you practice these things, turn to your neighbor and say, practice. When you practice these things, then you learn how to fight from a place of peace and not from a place of anger, not from a place of frustration, not from that place of guilt and shame. Unfortunately, there are too many people They can't get there because they're allowing their past to still identify them. They don't know they've become the sons and the daughters of the Most High God. They don't know they've been set free. They don't know they've been perfected forever. They just don't know. Eddie Mason is the senior pastor at Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you are loved, accepted, and received place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. Please join us every Sunday morning. For service times, locations, and other information about the church, visit us at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.